0: That's my review of The Land, the Witch, and the Wardrobe.
1: This is better than Tetherball. (laughs) Better than Tetherball.
0: Did you know that um, Aslan just means lion? (laughs) 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 Yeah. Did you know that? (laughs) I'm gonna
1: need a minute. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> really? That's C.S. Lewis, you know. He, oh. <laughs> which tried. language? I want to say Turkish. Oh, okay. Sure. Uh, I'm googling it right now.
1: Ah, uh, C.S. Lewis. That Turkish, makes me laugh yes. so. That's gonna make me laugh for the rest of my life. Uh-huh. I
0: love- <laughs> Well, and that you know that ties in with the um, Turkish delight. So, like, yeah, very... <laughs> totally. Oh, uh, have you ever had Turkish delight?
1: I love it. Um, I yes, I... I
0: enjoyed it. I've talked to people who have had it, and they're like, "Oh, it's gross. Why did Why did Edmund like betray his siblings for this? It's gross." I'm like, I would. Uh, I would definitely betray my siblings for Turkish delight.
1: <laughs> my cousin's wife is originally from Turkey, and so she oh, always okay. brought the
0: really good stuff. Oh my gosh, it was so good. Well, yeah. Hi, friends. Hi.
1: Hello, hello everyone. <laughs> We're excited today at Poptea. This is D. Turkish
0: yeah. delight. Um, hello. We're talking about Nania. Nania. Nania, <laughs> That's how you have to say it. Nania. Like are you okay? No, I'm not. <laughs> you no. you you seem to be have you seem to have a very loose grasp on things right now. Um, I so... am
1: the mind of a woman who's been writing papers all day.
0: <laughs> oh fun. uh
1: uh-huh. I love that. And then after writing my own, I went through and edited and worked on other people's papers excellent. in work that I do with students. So excellent. It's, I've been silent all day and writing, so this uh-huh. is how I'm coming to you.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, I um, also did a lot of writing today, but I yeah. also did. I also did a little bit of audio recording today. Oh, for, good for you for for my for my work my worky work. Yay! That I get paid to do. So yeah, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> um, well, that's enough of that. Of that. <laughs> um so we are we are talking about pop or we are pop DNA. <laughs> oh my goodness. We are and discussing we are, pop DNA. <laughs> and we are talking about the Chronicles of Narnia. Um but before we start that, our new favorite segment. Erin, what are you watching right now?
1: What am I watching? Um What are you watching?
0: So, so... Besides the snow uh, as it falls down,
1: besides down the, the gorgeous snow that we have that I'm not <laughs> sick of yet, I was I was watching. So just now I was watching, obviously Narnia, but uh-huh. um, I was watching this really great movie that I can't think of the name of. One second, it had Julia Louis Dreyfus and um, Will Ferrell, and it's really really good. And I was really excited to talk about it. One second.
0: I am uh, waiting for you to find the, title of the movie. What?
1: It's called Downhill. Thank you very okay. much for bearing with me there. Yes. But it is called Downhill and it's the is story it about of a little bit. So oh. it's a—I know right. It's about <laughs> so obviously Julia Louis Dreyfus and Will Ferrell are big shots in the comedy world right but this i thought you were gonna say a, they're like
0: big shots at sledding in this movie they're like they're like
1: big <laughs> shots at sledding they're like they don't mess around when like, it comes that would to be the a great snow.
0: movie i would watch that
1: <laughs> i would watch that too um <laughs> But all to say that this takes a very real look at what happens to a marriage um, as it progresses or as it kind of goes on. But here, but it's, but it's really, really, really good. Mm -hmm. It's, um, they take their family to like a, um, like a a ski trip. One of those like fancy dancy ski (laughs) mountain experiences that obviously I've never gone on. Yeah, Like in Dumb totally. and Dumber
0: when they go to Aspen.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and throughout the whole thing, like, they almost get into an avalanche and kind of, um, she protects the children and he doesn't and they have, anyway, it was just like really, so I it's really a comedy? enjoyed it. It is. It's like a dry comedy. I okay. think. Okay. I think Julia Louis-Dreyfus offers a really sarcastic performance that I just really loved of, like, looking at your partner and thinking, what, what? Like, why, why is that the decision you made? Like, she fuels her anger there, and I really, I just love her. Anyway, what are you watching, Rhonda? Okay.
0: Um, what did I watch? What did I watch? Oh, you know what? I... I'm, like, seven episodes into Wednesday. I've heard it's fun. Do you like it? It's, you know, I like it. I, so yes, I like it. And I would, I would recommend to anyone, as long as, like, you accept that, like, it's not, it doesn't really fit with, like, established Adam's family. Okay. Canon or premise? Um, okay. So, it's it's like uh, it definitely reminds me of like Chilling Adventures of Sabrina.
1: Okay, um, But sure. like,
0: but like if if like everybody at her high school was was weird. <laughs> so like, <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Because like that's what the premise is: is that like Wednesday Adams is a teenager and she goes mm-hmm. to this school for. Like you know, all kinds of like creepy magical creatures, oh. kids. Okay. Um, so, so like it was enjoyable, and yeah. um, the main actress who plays Wednesday, like she's phenomenal. She sure, looks um, great, yeah. Yeah, but like the thing is that like the the premise of the Adams family was always that they were this weird family. In Uh, a world full of normies, right? Sure, sure. So if you put Wednesday, who's weird, with a bunch of other weird kids, she's not weird anymore. Uh, So it kind of loses mm -hmm. something there. So yeah, like if you just like are, you know, kind of like put that to the side, then it is Uh an enjoyable show. So... I yeah. had to
1: put a lot to the side when I saw they were making it because it turns out. Do you ever surprise yourself with a reaction to something? Yes. <laughs> I, I didn't realize I was a hardcore Adams fam person. Like, um, I, I kind of Erin, you gay-y were gay-y. like
0: in. You were in an I, Adams Family musical. Like I was like <laughs> a million
1: years ago, and I've watched. I've been watching it my whole life since like second or third grade. Yeah. And I just I found myself deal becoming like the. A toxic person in a fandom when you were I was trying to gatekeep it, Wednesday I was Adams entirely <laughs> gatekeeping the whole world. Um, so it, yeah. it actually looks phenomenal, but I did it want is. to acknowledge that it's I was fun. gatekeeping the heck out of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, Christina Ricci, who you know is for many people. Christina Ricci is our Wednesday Addams. Um, she um, has a part in, in this show. Oh, she plays fun. one of the teachers at the school. So I didn't recognize her for like a whole episode. I was like, sure. she seems really familiar. Who is that? Like, oh, it's Christina Ricci. <laughs> oh my gosh. My Wednesday Adams. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I've, Excellent. well, I've watched some other things, but that was like the main thing that I yeah. thought was worth mentioning. Yeah. Oh, and I've also, um, we can talk about what we've been reading lately, too.
1: Yeah. We want.
0: I just started rereading The Magicians by Love Grossman. Oh, yeah. um, Because, like, if you know, you know, like, because we're talking about Narnia. Uh Uh-huh. And, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, like, uh, yeah, I'm gonna talk more about, like, The Magicians and Narnia in a later part of this discussion so that's coming um and i oh and what else i also just finished blackmail and bibinka which is the third book in a series of mysteries that take place like in a a filipino restaurant and they're really fun and cozy (laughs)
1: Excellent. And they make me really hungry
0: good.
1: all the time. Oh, oh absolutely. <laughs> of <laughs> yeah. course.
0: Those are yeah. yeah, those are fun. So recommend those for sure. The first Excellent. one is called Arsenic and Adobo. Oh, of course. Perfect. I've yeah. seen that one. Oh, I, yeah. Yes. So yeah, I just finished the third one. <laughs> Definitely recommend.
1: Love a cozy read. Love, love. Mm-hmm.
0: And the third one, it like takes place at Christmas time. So uh-huh. I look very much in the Christmas spirit. Have you read anything I, fun lately?
1: I'm just jumping back into The Wheel of Time. Love it, That'll love be, it. Yeah, I should just put that on my resume someday. Uh-huh. Has read The Wheel of Time.
0: Yeah, that shows commitment. Yeah. And mm-hmm. persistence. Yep. Yeah.
1: Next time, maybe if I'm applying to like a loan <laughs> or something, I can uh-huh. put, I read The Wheel yeah, of Time. put that as
0: a reference. <laughs> put Robert Jordan as a reference. Yes, <laughs> or I guess it'd have to be Brandon Sanderson now.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, yeah. sure, sure.
0: Brando Sando, um, Brando Sando, <laughs> Brando Sando. Um,
1: I, <laughs> oh, you know I what? Um,
0: yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk. Or did you have anything else to add, or should we talk about Narnia? I'm um, sorry, my mind is going a million places at once right no, now.
1: No, I no, I totally get it. Yeah, no, I don't have anything else of substance. Okay, I've just cool, been watching cool. Shark Tank. Because oh. that's who I am now. Yep. Nice.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. Obsessed. Uh, I, well, like, I was trying to think of, like, what's a way that we could connect Shark Tank to Narnia? I don't think there is. So. <laughs> well,
1: maybe if you went and you tried to sell, like, a wardrobe that, like, oh, took you to okay. magic places. Yeah. Uh, Maybe the sharks would go in on a deal with you, Maybe and then they would. you would also be Maybe in they Narnia. Would.
0: Yeah,
1: it's really <laughs> there's a lot of liabilities associated. Those yes, so I don't know. That's,
0: I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, okay. So, Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> yes. Shall we get into it? Let's go. Let's go to Narnia. Oh, I feel like Through we need, the like, wardrobe. theme music right there, like... <laughs> yeah! It would sound like that. Um, so- no, yeah,
1: that's, that's it. Just put that on loop, like, throughout <laughs> yes. the whole episode. <laughs>
0: uh, so, <laughs> the Chronicles of Narnia, for anyone who doesn't know, is a series of seven high fantasy children's novels by British author C.S. Lewis... Um, originally illustrated by Pauline Baines and published between nineteen fifty 1950 and nineteen fifty-six, the Chronicles of Narnia has been adapted for radio, television, stage, film, and video games. But as far as I know, I'll have to check on this, because I just thought of it. As far as I know, there's no like graphic novel or comic book or anything. But that'd be really cool.
1: Interesting. I'm I'd also wondering how I Yeah, I'm also wondering how I've never played the video games. That's gonna maybe I be. All,
0: a, I don't think any of them are very recent, so that's probably.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Um, I was yeah, like, um, <laughs> I'm gonna do that like right after we record. <laughs> right. Anyways,
0: uh, the series is set in the fictional realm of Narnia, a fantasy world of magic, mythical beasts, and talking animals.
1: It narrates the adventures of various children who play central roles in the unfolding history of the Narnian world. Except in The Horse and His Boy, the protagonists are all children from the real world who are magically transported to Narnia, where they are sometimes called upon by the lion Aslan to protect Narnia from evil. The books span the entire history of Narnia, from its creation in The Magician's Nephew to its eventual destruction in The Last Battle. I just almost started laughing there that called upon by the lion Aslan is just Uh lion lion. Because Aslan
0: means lion. Uh Um, uh, so Chronicles of Narnia is considered a classic of children's literature, and this is Lewis's best-selling work, um, I think, like, yeah. by far, um, it's like, yeah. no one's, no one has read, like, his other, I mean, like, I've read his other, <laughs> <laughs> Sure, <laughs> his other <books>. of course. <laughs> but, but, like, yeah, a lot of people haven't read, um, um, having sold over 100 million copies in 47 languages. Wow. Yes. So the books in publication order are The Light and the Witch and the Wardrobe, Prince Caspian, The Voyage of the Dawn Trotter, The Silver Chair, The Horse and His Boy, The Magician's Nephew, and The Last Battle.
1: Bum-bum. Yes.
0: So, Aaron, tell me, mm-hmm. how did you first enter Narnia?
1: Ah, uh, I love this story. So, <laughs> when I was in, like... First or second grade, my best friend Dylan and I went on a camping trip with um his family, and it was my first time ever camping in the woods overnight. It was in the Ohio Valley in like springtime, so it was really gorgeous. oh, hi, Valley. Um, oh <laughs> exactly, <laughs> And I just remember the the um best part of the entire trip. Was that um, Dylan's stepdad read us the the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe by campfire? Oh my! As we all sat in this like gorgeous forest, and like I had such a great time with a, a friend who I consider a sibling. You know, like we were pretty much raised together, so we had it it was coupled with the first time ever sleeping out in the woods and you know the woods and nature are so calming and comforting to me and then paired with like the first experience with a a high fantasy book series um and it just stands out as one of the most magical times in my whole childhood
0: um Aww. and
1: has, yeah it's made me kind of a lifelong yeah reader and love I mean you lo- you know I love a fantasy world I love all of that stuff and I think that love really began in the woods um, with my best friend Dylan Aww. yeah what about yourself
0: um so I first read the book so um my, like a lot of the things that I've been into since I was a kid. I was like originally interested in them because my brother was because like that's sure. that's just what happens when you have an older sibling. Um <laughs> so yeah. but this was like so my brother, you know, was like a big fan of the books and when I was maybe like 8 or 9, like you know, like you're old enough to read The Chronicles of Narnia when you're like eight or nine, I would say. And so my brother like kept trying to get me to read them. (laughs) But I think at that point I was like, "Um, no, I'm not going to like, like the things that you like. (laughs) (laughs) Like I was at that phase. So I like refused to read them. But then um, when I was in fifth grade, um, like we read it for class. And oh, we were sure. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe for class. And I was like, well, I guess I have to read this for school. But then I started it and I could not put it down. Um, yeah. Like, I was reading it, like, at recess. Like, yeah. other kids were making fun of me because I was reading the book that we were supposed to read for school, like, at recess.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. I didn't
0: care. Like, No. I was, yeah. Not. Um, what were, were they doing? playing te- no stop. no they were probably playing like Foursquare or tetherball i was like whatever, oh, whatever this, book. this book is uh-huh. better than tetherball yeah. so <laughs> that's my review of the land the witch in the wardrobe this is better than tetherball better um, than tetherball <laughs> yeah so like you know i blew through that and then like when i finished it i i don't remember if i like actually asked my brother if I could borrow his copies of the other books or if I just took them but <laughs> he probably remembers I should ask him if he remembers sure. I just took his copies of the rest of the books and read through all of them um and then I went back and read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe again because we were yeah. still reading it like we were like in the middle of reading it for class um yeah and yeah just completely like fell in love with the world and and, and 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 that's it. But then I also have, <laughs> and then that's it. Um, I also have a fun. <laughs> Sorry, I'm cracking myself up. I um, love it. <laughs> I also have a fun story about um, when the 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 Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe movie came out in like 2005. Yeah. Um. So this is a fun experience too. So, um. So, yeah, it was uh, the fall of 2005, so I think – or it was, like, Christmas time, wasn't it? I think it – yeah, like, it came I out at Christmas I think it was time. Christmas, yeah. Yeah. Um, because, like, I think I was in high school still, but my uh, – this, again, involves my brother. So he was home from college, and he was, like – Did you go? Did you watch The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe yet? And I was like, Oh, no, I haven't seen it yet. And he was like, Well, let's go. And it was like, (laughs) Yeah, it was like seven in the evening. So we like made it to like the last show of the evening. um, Yeah. At our movie theater. And yeah, it was just like a nice, a nice time. That sounds really nice. (laughs) Yeah, that was fun. Well, I
1: also, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how else you would have said it, but seven in the evening just struck me as very like Narnian. <laughs> I'm, seven I'm, in the get, I'm
0: getting into the, into that frame of mind, Aaron. I gotta. I love it. That was, oh, another thing, a, a fun thing about having the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe as like the book that we were reading for school in fifth yeah. grade is that like for like five weeks, Ours. We had, like, spelling words that were vocab words from the book. So Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so we had, like, melancholy. <laughs> like How fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was fun. It was a very... It was a formative experience, let me tell yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think that... I don't think that anything... So, like, there's Star Wars... Which, you know, I've loved since I was four. And there's yeah. Jane Austen who understands me better than uh-huh. than anyone. But Narnia, Narnia's right there too, you know? Yeah. As like a formative world. Totally. For my childhood. Yeah. Oh, same. Yeah. Yeah. We're just gonna be oh my gosh, I'm tearing up. Um yeah. We're I- just
1: gonna Aww, I know.
0: <laughs> we're just gonna be talking about this. <sighs> yeah <laughs> so okay so i had this question that i was gonna ask like toward the end of our discussion here but i think it worked i i think i want to ask it now so what is what is the best order to read the chronicles of oh Nernia gosh in? <laughs>
1: I don't even know, because I feel like every time I hear like a rationale, it all makes sense to me. So I feel like I do You have like a strong stance on one of them.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. So I think you definitely should read them in publication order okay. um, rather than chronological order. Sure. Um, and this is interesting. So like, oh, um, I didn't find a source for this, but I'm pretty sure that I have read in a reputable source at one point that C.S. Lewis himself said that the books should be read in chronological order. But I disagree. I disagree uh with C.S. Lewis (laughs) on this point. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Because I really think that, so like the way that they're that they're written, you have, so like, the first three, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Prince Caspian, Voyage of the Dawn Treader, those all happen chronologically in order. Well, and then Silver Chair. So the first four all happen in chronological order. But then when you have, so you have the horse and his boy after the Silver Chair, which I think is really cool because in the Silver Chair, they mention... So, like, Silver Chair is, like, hundreds of years later, right? Um, Sure. Because, like, when they come back to Narnia in Prince Caspian, like, hundreds of years have passed. So, like, Silver Chair is, like, in that kind of time frame. So, in Silver Chair, they talk about this story that they hear that happened hundreds of years ago about these two certain characters. And then those are the characters in The Horse and His Boy, Oh, I love that. And then Magician's Nephew, I think that you really need to, you need to read Magician's Nephew at least after The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, even though chronologically Magician's Nephew is first. Because like nothing, because like all of the, all of the like little references in Magician's Nephew aren't going to make any sense. Yeah. If you haven't, like it's not going to mean anything to you if you haven't read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. So. I just think that you need to read them in publication order because it's also interesting to me from like a writer standpoint, right? Or like a world building standpoint, because if you read them in publication order, then you're reading them in the order in which C.S. Lewis did his world building, which I think is fascinating. So, yes, that's my (laughs) that's my very long winded way of saying that you should read the Chronicles of Narnia in publication order and not chronological order.
1: And you know what? You. I, I agree <laughs> I see with my what time. you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with what you're saying. Cause I'm remembering one of the compilations of all of them that I had growing up as a kid, put them in, or maybe it wasn't as a kid, but put them in chronological order. And I remember yeah. being really confused. The
0: ones that I have they're the numbers on the spine, put them in chronological order and it drives me nuts. I want to fix Mm -hmm. them. I want to put like stickers over the numbers and fix them.
1: I I definitely think I'm, I'm camp publication order because it's jar. It's actually like stopped me from a few rereads in the past because I was like, well, this is just going to be confusing if I'm jumping from place to place in this anthology, like I got all like Uh annoyed about it. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I'm team publication order. Yeah. Yes.
0: High five. Join I think us. I I had just forgotten
1: that until as I'm sitting here listening to you, I had, like, a very visceral, like, oh, that was horrible. <laughs> and, yeah, so I agree.
0: Thank you. I, um, You're welcome. Yes, you are correct for agreeing with me.
1: Um, <laughs> you have chosen the correct choice. And applause. you know what?
0: This is actually... This would be an accurate application of the theory of death of the author. Because, Uh, to bring it back to what we talked about in Lovecraft Country, so because um, there is nothing within the text of the books themselves that indicates what order they should be read in. So C.S. Lewis and his opinion on what order they should be read in does not hold any more weight than your or my opinion. Right. they should be read in so death of the author
1: death i mean literally author. because
0: he's dead but also <laughs> <laughs> yes but also yes you know what i mean yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but i think that that could be an interesting uh transition into like narnia fan theories sure yeah uh, there are some interesting ones out there.
1: There are some really interesting ones. Had you, like, growing up or
0: anything, had you heard any? I don't know. No, because, like, I feel like, like, I wasn't really, I'm, like, the internet was a thing when I was a kid, but I wasn't really online until, yeah. you know, yeah. I was a little bit older. So, like, probably, like, high school, I was, like, I didn't really, you know go online until like i was in high school and i feel like fan theories definitely thrive on the internet so i don't know no like i kind of had my own like i not not like fan theories in like the sense of like how we think of fan theories now like but i i basically wrote like fan fiction in my head Yes. For for Chronicles of Narnia. So it wasn't really fan theories. It was fan fiction. Um, Yeah. I never wrote any of it down, but I had like, I had like an ongoing like story in my head that like involved Narnia. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But no, but, but I love fan theories now. And, (laughs) and as I was telling you off the mic, um, when I saw that you were going to talk about fan theories, I immediately thought of one and, yeah, and then you also included it here in the notes, so I was so excited.
1: <laughs> Shall we start so tell me what you've heard about this one the um, so
0: yeah. I love I love the theory that Captain Hook is from Narnia, yeah, and I think this is so great because it's this is like exactly the kind of fan theory that I love because like. It's it's not just like well, I think we talked about this with like Bob's burgers, where like some uh-huh. of the fan theories we were reading, they weren't really like fan theories. They were just like character analysis. Sure, right. I'm like, sure. I mean that's great, but that's not a fan theory. But this is this is a this is like capital F fan theory. So yeah. <laughs> Um, So, like, the basis for this, I'm sure you're going to get into this, but, like, the basis for this is that there's a group of people in the world of Narnia who came from our world, uh, but they were, like, they were pirates in, like, the 17th or 18th century, and they were somehow transported into Narnia. And so the theory is that, oh, and then, like, Aslan, like, let them go back to their own country um at, yeah. at some point so the theory is that captain hook was one of the pirates who had been in narnia and and came back to our world so yeah yeah i love it
1: <laughs> it's so great and like yeah so i'll just include maybe some of the details to it um because those are the important points right so there's the Telmarines um at the very end of prince caspian are told by Aslan that they're actually the descendants of pirates from Earth uh-huh. um, and fully offers to send them back to where their um, ancestors had come from and it's kind of funny that there, many of them said no Um to living in narnia still because they didn't want to live with animals and be ruled (laughs) over by children which i just thought was hilarious well there's another
0: thing like why are there yeah like so peter susan edmund and lucy become like the rulers of narnia when they're like lucy's like nine years old and (laughs) And everyone's okay with just like these kids being like what (laughs) well i mean it is a country of animals so i don't know anyway (laughs) <laughs> and it's
1: kind of the most pirate response I've ever heard to say, They're ch- no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not doing this. No, thank you. Um, yeah. There's also some details here that this was supposed to be in the 17th and 18th century, which is around the time that Captain Hook was supposed to be from. There's There's some notes that like Captain Hook would have likely been really interested, but that doesn't. I mean, that's kind of just... I mean, I know that it's all conjecture, but that feels especially like... <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> well, he probably would have liked it. But um, uh-huh. <laughs> I I like the match there. Um, I mean, one, not often do fan theories that I come across actually have, like, specific ties to something from the text. And that's fine. But there's yeah. a specific, like, nah, you guys are really pirates. Um, and then um, the the pairing with the 17th and 18th century I think are what uh-huh. not to you know make a pun but it it what ge- it's what gives this water for me holds oh. water for me I think oh. um and I I also just like the note that if Captain Hook was a telmarine he probably would have been firmly in the camp of no children are not uh-huh. going to like create my future I'm gone okay thank you um yeah, yeah. I I was tickled but, by that but
0: then like so like captain hook goes from narnia to he somehow See, ends up in neverland and so I think I feel like I don't I don't know that this is like part of like the original fan theory but like I feel like having lived in narnia Captain Hook is uniquely equipped to live in Neverland as an adult.
1: Totally.
0: Right? So I feel like that just adds even more. Because, like, Neverland you know, is where, like if you, you know, are familiar with Peter Pan, like, Neverland is where like, you never grow up. Um, Right. So, like, yeah, I feel like it just it just makes sense, right? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> and there's also connection there like young young British children were sent to both Neverland and Narnia, and Narnia so like I don't know how yeah. that happened. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> and, The specific text that I read a little bit from is from "He Who Hesitates" on Reddit. Reddit, So thank you, thank you, redditor. Love a Reddit Um, fan theory. (laughs) Because I did actually think it was kind of well written how he did it, or sorry, how they did it. We're just going to
0: give some validation to some Reddit fan theories here.
1: (laughs) Just, just really quick. Um, And then this next one, I have a less of a horse in the race for because I'm not really in this fandom at all. Uh Um, yeah. But there is a theory that Doctor Who and Narnia are connected, um, and I thought it was really interesting. Are you a Doctor Who human?
0: Um, I'm like a casual fan. Okay, I guess. Yeah, like I, I, I think I haven't seen the the last like two or three seasons, but like, yeah, you know, I'll watch it. It's interesting. It's. It's kind of
1: funny. It's one of those that I aspire to be a fan of but I just don't know how it feels like it feels
0: difficult
1: I feel difficult. like it's but, pretty um,
0: accessible honestly. Like yeah, I should just go back I feel like and you do don't it. even have to start like at the beginning. Okay. Um I feel like you could just start at at any season because like the the episodes are so self-contained. Like there's really no like there's some like kind of Overarching, like, through lines, but like, for the most part, like, you can just start wherever. Okay. And not, have maybe to worry this about
1: holiday it. season, I'll give it a try. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> I always have wanted to, but so uh, this fan theory deals specifically with the idea of like the first doctor more so than the rest of the doctors, mm. but, um, this fan theory connects the fact that the the characters of narnia go to the world through wardrobe and come out in another world and connects that idea to how doctor who moves around um in the uh telephone booth so that kind of huh. same portal aspect it's bigger on the inside
0: right exactly the, the bigger wardrobe. on the inside yeah. able to again
1: <laughs> existing in um in England and yeah yeah, so just kind of those portals um and then this Redditor believes that the lion is actually um kind of a manifestation (laughs) of the doctor yeah so no I
0: think oh if we're going with this theory I think that um that Professor Kirk is the doctor
1: sure 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 yeah that's
0: except that that's... we actually meet him as a little boy in the magician's nephew, so I don't know. Anyway, yeah.
1: <laughs> no, but I would see, like, yeah, that's kind of where I would go with it, too. Um, but the note is that the doctor had had backstory for the doctor had said that he was once a warrior, even committing like genocide against the Daleks and his own race, and kind of connects that with the ferocity of the lion. Um, And the portrayal of just the age of the lion being um, similar to the at least 900 years that we see for the doctor's age. Um, Yeah. And the theory goes off into kind of some avenues, but I think that's the Uh most important point. Uh Um, Just this idea that, well... This is also a portal from England to another uh. <laughs> magical world. Uh, the lion sure is in, in charge of a lot in the same way that the doctor maybe is. Yeah, yeah it's interesting.
0: Yeah. Um, there. This is also just reminding me um, the wardrobe. So there, uh, it's been a long time since I've watched the first season of Once Upon a Time, but there Uh, was, like, a certain point in there where I think it was, like, intentionally referencing or at least, like, kind of, like, a visual nod to Narnia because they, like, put... Don't they, like... um, Like, Snow White and Prince Charming put their baby in a wardrobe and she's transported? They do. Right? So, like, I feel like that was, like... I don't know if it was like speci- like you know like officially referencing Narnia or if it was just like kind of a um kind of a nod to it or if they you know intended to connect Narnia to Once Upon a Time at some point. Yeah. Um I think they had the rights they could have done that if they wanted to because yeah. at that point I think um I think at that point uh Walden Media still had the rights to the screenwrites to Narnia. So they could have connected it. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I've always thought that that was like, uh, definitely referencing the wardrobe to Narnia. Yeah. Anyway. I love that.
1: And yeah, because I had forgotten that. They do put her in a... Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyway. So good. Interesting. Now I feel like I need to rewatch Once Upon a Time. Uh, Yeah. That's... Yeah.
1: That's a good...
0: uh, yeah, that's my that's my favorite the Snow White storyline like how ha- yeah. in, in the um in the fairy tale world like that's my favorite Snow White like
1: I loved that part yeah yeah absolutely that was great. Um. (laughs) And later in this series, um, I'm going to talk about the connection I see between the movie The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe and the classic Bedknobs and Broomsticks, because there's a few, the introduction of the world of World War II feels very similar in both movies. So we'll see that as well. Yeah.
0: And I actually, when I worked for... um, uh, this uh, history museum, it was like a little like community history museum. Um, we hosted like a history discussion group every month. And um, the, like the month that we talked about, uh, we were like specifically talking about like the 1940s and the World War II era. And we showed um, a clip, that clip of like, because like, that's exactly. Cause like we were talking about how like, you know, a bunch of kids, In England were like sent you know to live in the country um and so like we showed that clip of like the air raid where they're like running out of the house and then they have to like leave their mom and yeah that's so interesting that like that whole sequence is just like half a page in the book but they like you know showed like that reality that's interesting absolutely um which brings us to very conveniently to yes. um some some adaptations yeah of the Chronicles of Narnia so I was just like looking at I was just like reading the article about like all of the at like every single adaptation that there has been you know like in radio stage film yeah. um video games um but no comic books yet
1: that's just according, so, according weird. to this,
0: which does seem very odd to me, like I would one hundred percent um like buy all of the all of the comic books, oh entirely if yeah they, if they had them um, <laughs> yeah um, so, yeah, so I thought I would just kind of go through like what to me are kind of the highlights in adaptation, yeah um. And then we can maybe talk about like what we know about the upcoming adaptations and what we maybe hope to see yeah. in those. So um, <laughs> So this notes that The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. So I'm pretty sure The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is probably the most adapted by far of, sure. of, of the seven books. Um, like it's the one that everyone knows, like everyone's familiar with it. I'm f- like I'm. I think there's like there's probably a lot of people who have read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, but none of the other books. Like I think that's yeah, definitely absolutely a thing. yeah. Um, so The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe was first adapted for television in 1967. Um, so there were ten episodes, and they were each 30 minutes long. The screenplay. um was, um, was oh, that's not important. Um, so I think that this is like <laughs> <laughs> so. This notes that unlike subsequent adaptations, it is not available, um, to purchase for home viewing. So I oh. believe I would have to like confirm this, but I'm pretty sure that this is this was like never actually recorded, it was just live, like live broadcast. So they Um, they did this with television productions a lot in like the 1950s and 1960s where, pardon me, I have to sneeze. Bless you. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. So they, they would do this where, um, they would just broadcast, the production and you could watch it you know on your tv at home but they never recorded it so those so it's just a lost adaptation um like there's like um there's like kind of famously at least in Jane Austen fandom there's a a (laughs) quote-unquote lost adaptation of Pride and Prejudice from like the 1950s that was yeah that um like, there's just no, there's no recording of it. We have no, you oh, know, man. we have no recording of, yeah, it's really interesting. Anyway, um, so I'm pretty sure that that's what this 1967 adaptation was, is that it was just broadcast and wasn't recorded. Um, yeah, just a little, a little interesting tidbit of television history. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so then, *The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe* was adopted for television again in 1979, and this was an animated special. So, I have oh, wow. actually, I have actually seen this one. Um, and it's, uh, so it was um, co-produced by Bill Melendez, who produced. Charlie Brown Christmas and the other sure. peanut specials and also the children's television workshop which is who did Sesame Street so like this right. is kind of like the creme de la creme of children's entertainment <laughs> in the 1970s yeah. um, and I like this is like so have you seen the animated um, Lord of the Rings
1: the scariest thing I've ever seen in my whole <laughs> like, life yeah this,
0: so the animation of this um, Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe like feels very similar to okay. that, to that animation. Like it's this a similar like time period um that they were produced in. So
1: Growing up in Ohio, we watched those every single rainy day. <laughs> Our teachers would just say, "Okay, we're doing the Lord of the Rings cartoons again." That's amazing. Yeah. You're lucky. <laughs>
0: Terrifying. Okay, and then there is the um so the 1988 to 1990, um, do you, these are probably the ones that you, that you watched. Did you watch
1: these? This, the so like... the, <laughs> the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe one. Yes. Uh,
0: terrified me too the like. We're like, the beavers are, well, like all of the talking animals, they're just, they're very obviously people in animal suits. Sure. Like, they're not even trying that hard. <laughs>
1: No. And who I I need to look up who played the witch, but Mm. that performance was truly like, I still think of that as the scariest horror movie I've ever seen in my life. I have not seen it since I was like five or six, I think. But Uh watching that performance, I was just too young for it. I think my Uh parents were just like, yeah, whatever. It's fine. Um, Not that they were, they just didn't know the story, but um, (laughs) I was terrified. Because I think by the
0: time I watched that one, I think I was probably like ten or eleven, and so I just thought it was so like cheesy. I was like, "What?" yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's funny. I bet if you watched it now, you would also think it was cheesy. You I bet be I would just anymore. laugh the
1: whole time. But yeah. For some, yeah, I think I think just at like five or six, I was like,
0: what is this? <laughs> What's going on? Well, like the wolf. The wolf is kind of scary. Magrim. Okay. I, I mean. Well. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm also. I'm, I'm from- not remembering the wolf in that production. I'm just thinking of like probably there's, there's potential that the wolf could be scary is what I
1: yeah and i think it was my introduction to like the idea that you could be tricked too i think like the idea that someone could trick you and try to oh, like
0: oh yeah I think, around the,
1: mm-hmm, <laughs> I think around the same time i had seen um the other chitty chitty bang bang with the scariest witch i've ever seen in my whole oh. life part 2 <laughs> and then um Yeah, so I think... And then the the scary shadow rhino from James and the Giant Peach. Oh, That's okay. Yeah. mm -hmm. (laughs) That's just a brief history of things that terrified me in my life. But, yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, Erin. Uh-huh. You should, like... Oh, yeah. The things that scared you when you were little. (laughs) You should... You should have, like, a whole series about how you, like, rewatch the things that scared you when you oh, were little. Oh, I love that. Wouldn't that be fun? Um, That'd be anyway. really fun. Um, so, <laughs> so, um, the next adaptation I wanted to mention, um, is the, in 2011, there was a two-actor stage adaptation that opened off-Broadway in New York City at St. Luke's Theater, Oh, that's fascinating. So this one's kind of cool. So, like, I mean, there's been other um, stage adaptations. I think there's even, like, been a musical. Uh, Uh But I um, especially wanted to note this one because I think it's so cool that it's a two-actor production. And I actually, um, an acquaintance of mine was actually in a production (sighs) of this that, like, toured to elementary schools. Wow. Which is, like, really fun. Uh, yeah, that's so awesome. that's a cool one. And then, of course, we have the Walden Media Films, which is probably, like, the most well-known adaptations at this point. Um, sure. So we had The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe in 2005, Prince Caspian in 2008, and Voyage of the Dawn Trotter in 2010. Um. What's your experience with these movies? I
1: don't think I've really seen them. Really? Wait, this is different than the the Disney one, right? Am I confused? Well, Are Walden, these...
0: Walden Media is, like, owned by Disney. So,
1: yeah. Oh, so, yeah, that's on my TV right now. I haven't seen the other two. I didn't see Caspian or Treader. Uh, oh, okay. Dawn
0: Treader. Interesting. Well, you know what? I I will tell you, um, you 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 might not you might be okay not watching Voyage of the Dawn okay. Trenner. <laughs> okay. Cause I don't know what they were doing with that adaptation, but like okay. I don't know. Um Prince Caspian is these- pretty good though.
1: Aren't these what? the movies where we get your favorite line? The stri- the sheets are scratchy. The
0: sheets feel scratchy. Yes, my I favorite. just watched
1: that scene like an the hour ago, and I was scratchy. like, Rhonda's favorite line. With- <laughs> I got like excited. <laughs> yeah. Uh.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I I don't want to get super into like how I feel about these movies because like. I was, so like I was still in high school when Lion the Witch and the Wardrobe came out, but like I was like fully an adult when the other two came out. So I feel like my, I mean, I was a very young adult, but I was still an adult, but I feel like my, um, you know, like my experience of them was probably very different than it would have been if I'd seen them as a kid first. So I don't know. Yes. (laughs)
1: that's my reaction to them as well like in my mind nothing is gonna match when I'm sitting at like 5 or 6 and I'm sitting out in the woods and I'm hearing uh, a dear person in my life read the story to me and the images I got in my head like nothing was ever gonna be able to compete with that so I just the the movie never had a chance for me sure Um, yeah
0: or for me Reading the book at recess while other kids yeah. played tetherball, you know. Um, yeah. So <laughs> but I actually, I mean, like my experience watching the 2005 *Lion the Witch and the Wardrobe*. I think was was still really special. Um, yeah. Sure. And I still like, I still like really love that movie. Like that's the one that I've rewatched the yeah. most for sure. Um, I think that. um I think that Prince Caspian might actually be like a more like quote unquote Hollywood type movie because okay. there's like some action sequences and like battle scenes and stuff. Sure. And like, I think it's really well made, but I, but I mean, the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, like, come on, it, like yeah. it's come on, you know, yeah. come <laughs> yeah. on. Absolutely. So yeah, I've rewatched that. I've I've rewatched the two thousand five Lion of the Witch* in the Wardrobe a lot. Um,
1: I can say that yeah. Tilda is bringing
0: it. Tilda as... brings it. Are Tilda you kidding is me? Phenomenal. Tilda brings it. <laughs> she's so
1: scary. Oh she's my so gosh. scary,
0: but she's also so like ethereally beautiful.
1: Oh, absolutely. And you,
0: like, don't want to disappoint her.
1: <laughs> no. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so great. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Um
1: <laughs> And the child actors are phenomenal. Yeah. They're very good. They're doing yeah, a very good. good job.
0: Yeah. And then the the actress who played Lucy, she was then in um I think it was the, the 2006 miniseries of Jane Eyre, and she played young Jane. Oh, my gosh. So I always think of that version of Jane Eyre as the one with Lucy Pevensy. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, that's a good one, too. Uh, so it. what do you think is going to happen with these Netflix adaptations?
1: Oh, I don't know. Ugh. I don't know, friend. I...
0: Yeah. 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 Um. So, it's interesting. So, this has been, it was October of 2018 that it was announced. Yeah. So, it's been four years, Um, yeah. which I know, like, sometimes production just takes a long time. But, like, it feels like we sure. haven't really gotten, like any news except for like the very recent announcement that like Greta Gerwig was in talks to direct right? something so like
1: so that's great
0: that's great I'm on board with that um
1: we don't have any casting though I don't think
0: yeah no casting um well and also like we don't even know so like the official announcement was that it's um here, I can actually read you. <laughs> here, I'll, I'll read, like, the official yeah. um, statement if I can get to it. Where is it? Um, oh, here it is. Uh, yes. So it says Netflix will develop new series and film projects. So series huh. and films. So, huh. like, that's very vague. Um, based on C.S. Lewis's beloved The Chronicles of Narnia series, under the terms of a multi-year deal between Netflix and the C.S. Lewis company, Netflix will develop classic stories from across the Narnia universe into series and films for its members worldwide. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, I'm, like, so, like, on the one hand... Like, I'm I'm excited to see, like the power of Netflix behind, yeah, <laughs> behind a Narnia adaptation. But at this, but like on the other hand, I uh <laughs> huh. I'm concerned because like they <laughs> they <laughs> so like they. It seems to me like they want to do, like, a Marvel-style universe with Narnia. <laughs> That's what it's sounding like to me. And I'm just like, what are they... Why? Why Why do they need to yeah. do that? Why can't you just, yeah. just make seven great movies mm-hmm. based on the books?
1: You know what I would I love?
0: Know. What would you love?
1: I would love if they went, like like started each movie with like a narrator sitting by like a fire and like, (gasps) like, and have it be someone iconic each time and have them like by a fire. And you like the opening scene is the map. And then you close in on like where you're going (sighs) to be. That's like, they really need to lean on the, this is a beloved book thing.
0: Especially because (laughs) like, there's such a like tradition in, Narnia adaptations of you know like they've been adapted for radio a lot and I just feel like that would be I love that. Can we get someone from Netflix on the phone? Can we (laughs) does our producer (laughs) know anyone? Um, Because you know I'm our producer.
1: Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know what I don't want to see Rhonda is I don't want to see this being like sexy or like,
0: like I don't I Ugh. I agree, but I honestly don't see it going that way. I, like I think, I hope not. I think they know that this is Narnia, and Narnia is completely sexless. No one has sex Good. in Narnia. Um, no,
1: I just I don't want to <laughs> see like a this is them in high school and like blah blah.
0: And it's like Riverdale, but no,
1: like, no, Narnia. oh my god, no, 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 no. no,
0: no, 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 no. No one has sex in Narnia. It's completely sexless. Like I just no.
1: <laughs> make it for the whole family, please. please
0: yeah. Please, please, please. I'm pretty sure that's the I think well, like look at like what Netflix did with like Series of Unfortunate Events. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's probably like a a good comp for like maybe not necessarily like the the vibe, but like the target audience are going for yeah
1: sure sure least, sure well then
0: yeah yeah um but one unique thing that i think is of note is that um in the netflix deal um they have access to all seven books which has never happened with narnia adaptations before
1: Ooh, so
0: like the magician's nephew has never been adapted for the screen um, the Last Battle has never been adapted for the screen. The Horse and His Boy oh my gosh The Horse and His Boy is gonna be such a good movie.
1: It's such it would be perfect it for be, a movie. I it sh- will
0: yes The Horse and His Boy I'm already I'm already calling it that's gonna be my favorite and already a movie so I'm just kidding that one um, we'll
1: I see. remember <laughs> like I was already so excited for silent sustained reading in um, uh, yes. my, my school SSR. years. SSR <laughs> but especially when I was reading The Horse and His Boy, Aww. I just could not wait. I still remember, like, coming in off the playground when it had been all hot and gross out and, like, <laughs> being welcomed to The Horse and His Boy. I loved Aww. it so much. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. The Horse and His Boy was, like, one of my first, like, spiritual experiences reading fiction. Sure. Like... Oh man,
1: yeah. that's powerful. <laughs> it's really underrated too. Yeah. Like people don't talk about it.
0: Yeah. It's it's unique even among the Narnia books because it takes place entirely in Narnia with all Narnian originating characters. Yeah. So, which is interesting. But <sighs> yeah. I- okay you know what? I'm, I'm excited this is so
1: fun this I'm is great excited. yeah
0: um <laughs> yeah. yeah well um we could do do you want to do like we usually do a table of contents for our for our part ones so do you want to do like a just a really quick snapshot of what we're going to talk about the next two weeks yeah. here sounds good Cool. What are you going to talk about, Erin?
1: So, I have so many tabs open. Oh, oh. my goodness. <laughs> right. um,
0: so many tabs open in my brain. <laughs> so, uh, right.
1: Um, oh my goodness. So, my next week, I'm going to talk a little bit about um like hard and soft magic systems yeah, and what that means and how both can be used really well. And then I thought we could have a conversation about how these might even vary based on the adaptation we're looking at, like versus the the story and kind of defining a hard magic system versus a soft one um, and how they change the literature and movies and TV that they're a part of and then i also i just wanted to go through like the magic in this world and kind of talk about how it does work um and how
0: it never, how the it world does, is like, kind of creative very clearly explain how magic works in narnia so. right yeah that's interesting
1: so i thought that was kind of a fun thing and then just to look at the map because i love a map um, oh yeah
0: narnia has a great map great map just, go
1: to our insta take a look at it i was it. just
0: and i was just uh telling aaron before we started recording that i need to get a narnia map to put on yeah. the wall in my new library space
1: yeah my
0: library i have a library you guys
1: she has a library <laughs> um what are you talking about next week
0: um so kind of like leading from this idea of hard and soft magic systems I am going to so I'm kind of still figuring out like exactly how I want to focus this um but I am very interested in C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien J.R.R. Tolkien. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> friendship and the like relationship between their works, between Narnia and Lord of the Rings slash the Hobbit. Um, yeah. And how like how both of, so I think it's like very much acknowledged that like Tolkien and Lord of the Rings, you know, like basically birthed the modern fantasy genre single-handedly um but I also want to acknowledge like the influence that Narnia has had on modern fantasy um because I think that especially in children's fantasy there's still there's still so much of Narnia's stamp on even on like children's fantasy that's being published today. Um Absolutely. So, like I want to dig into that a little bit, but then I also want to um I also want to get into how Narnia specifically has influenced like other works of fantasy fiction. And yeah. um in particular, I want to talk about two different works. So, I want to talk about The Magician's Trilogy by Lev Grossman, which is, like, a very, like, if you've read those books, like, you know, like, they're uh-huh. very heavily influenced by Narnia. Um, so I want to talk about that. Um, and then I also want to talk about um, Star Wars Rebels. <laughs> yeah. because there is some Narnia influence in that. Well, and I think also, probably, like, like, throughout the rest of Star Wars media, there's probably, like, some other threads of influence from Narnia, but specifically, um, in Star Wars Rebels, the world between the worlds, which is inspired by the wood between the worlds, um, so, yeah, we'll talk about that, too, yeah. (laughs) I love that, yeah. Um, yeah, um, and then what else were you gonna talk about?
1: And then, I also, I kind of mentioned this earlier, but, um... I see really deep parallels between knobs and Broomsticks and Narnia, um, two of my favorite and specifically The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And so I wanted to take a look at how um, children were taught about World War II and mm-hmm. kind of Narnia and historical context um, and just how we use children's literature as a means of like not I know we've talked about like how we use it to rationalize the world but I think there's so much specific to World War II that I really wanted to take a look there because I think that's fascinating and was probably also deeply necessary at the time Um, Mm
0: -hmm. yeah. yeah it's very much like like the whole reason that the story happens is because the kids are sent away Yeah. Because of the war. Yeah. Like, it's, it looms very large. And I think that it's, like, I'm, like, I'm sure that, like, this has kind of been explored um, through some avenues before, but, like, Narnia as a metaphorical escape from, like, the horrors of the war going on in the real world, I think is for sure, like, You know, like 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 we kind of mentioned, like the 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 war is like barely mentioned in the book, yeah. But like, it's still always present, and so going from, you know, this world where this terrible war is happening into a different world, that you know, that like becomes an escape. um, That I think a lot of children at that time probably really needed. Yeah, like, yeah, interesting. And then I'm excited to hear about that. <laughs>
1: using that escape to also talk about very real things, like we see Mr. Tumnus uh, fully trick Lucy at first, and that mm-hmm. feels very like a way to teach about, oh, hey, like don't trust adults all the time, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. So kind of going into conversations we've had before about um, like – how we teach these things to children but making them making it specific to world war ii hmm. what yeah. about yourself my friend
0: um well of course world war ii um leads us to wars are ugly when women fight which is wow. aslan's quote in the book um when yeah. when lucy is like i could be brave enough To help fight this war against the witch, and Aslan's like, no, you are a girl, so you will not. (laughs) Yeah, but it's interesting that in in the 2005 movie, like they they take out any reference to like you can't fight because you're a girl. They're just yeah. Anyway, yeah. But um, but I do want to talk about so like I this is like something that I've kind of grappled with with Lewis's work, not just in Narnia, but like. You know, like there's like other like his like kind of philosophical works that that I've read like that's kind of something that I've grappled with that like he definitely displays attitudes that were very typical of his time about gender and feminism and so like that's something that I've really like that I'm kind of like you know honestly like kind of still in the process of like reconciling with and like is he you know like was he just a product of his time or like it can we find any kind of like feminist or like female empowering kind of messages in his work at all um and like i want to look at like the female characters that we get so we have like of course lucy and susan and then we have jill Um, I think Jill is my favorite character in the whole series. Yeah, sure. But then we also have Polly and we have Erebus and then we have the White Witch, um, Jadis. Yeah. yeah. So like, let's talk about, let's talk about them. Let's get into it. So. Oh, I'm so excited
1: for that. Buckle up. (laughs) Yeah. Buckle up. I'm Susan. And also,
0: and I mean, we can also talk about how like Susan didn't get to go back to Narnia for. Right. For reasons that I think are often represented in a more simplistic way than they were intended. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll get into it. We'll talk about it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yay!
0: It's going to be interesting. <laughs> I'm so excited, Erin. I am too. We're this finally talking fun. about Narnia. We're going to talk How about How long it. have we said we need to talk about Narnia? Oh, forever. I know we are. Know we are. Yeah. Ah, oh, very excited.
1: Okay. Well, dear it's listener, it's been over an hour.
0: <laughs> I
1: think this brings us to the end of the tape. If you would like to yes. switch over to
0: <laughs> turn the tape over, Aww. when you hear the ding, ding,
1: <laughs> I miss that so much. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, um, yes. So join us next week. We're gonna, j- Aaron. Aaron, you've been doing good at posting on Instagram. I think. I, I
1: have not. <laughs> no, in the last week, like it's all—it's been recent. Think, like I'm, okay. I'm trying. I'm making okay, a good kidding. college try.
0: Maybe we'll try.
1: Oh, we'll see. Okay. We are women—women <laughs> of the world. We have things going. We're on.
0: We're women in STEM. So, yes, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yes, uh, it's going to be fun. We will go through the wardrobe, or we will be pulled from a train station. Oh, to, no. to a heavily forested island with a ruined castle. Actually, that sounds lovely. I would, That sounds like yeah. an ideal vacation.
1: Yeah, I'd be pretty I okay with that.
0: that. Yeah. Anyway, so... <laughs>
1: Turkish delight on every pillow. Turkish it's
0: delight! Good. Yes! <laughs> Alright. Um, we will see you, or we, talk to you <laughs> <laughs> Yes. next time. Bye, everyone! Goodbye!